Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to our interim presentation for the first half of uh, 2023. Uh, we have an awful lot to get through today, so I would like to start by introducing uh, my colleagues to you. Peter Malloy, CEO of our B2B division. Jason Sayers, CEO of Filter International. And Alex McNutt, CEO of Pertech Europe. I'd like to start by giving you a quick overview of franchise brands and our purpose. Our purpose is to build market-leading businesses primarily via a franchise model. Our philosophy is that if our franchisees grow, we grow. To that end, we have 650 franchisees, over seven franchise brands in 10 countries across UK, Europe, and North America. They operate about 2,200 service vehicles. We employ 715 people in our support centers and DLOs, and around 5,000 people uh, in the franchise network. Our annualized system sales are approaching 400 million pounds. It's been a busy first half to 2023, particularly with the acquisition of Pertech Europe, which has doubled the size of the group. Pertech, in the 10 weeks that we owned it during this period, had performed in line with expectations. We've also continued to have strong momentum from the Metro Rod and Metro Plum business, where they grew system sales by 24%. Filter International has performed well, growing system sales by 16%. Profits a little down because of the weakness in the oil price, which Jason will come on to talk about later on. B2C division performed in line with expectations despite the challenging recruitment market for franchisees at present. So overall, system sales grew by 81% to 146 million. Statutory revenue, uh, which is not a KPI of the business because it's made up of too many uh, different items that don't drive profit, was up to just short of 70 million, 57% ahead. Adjusted EBITDA, which most certainly is a KPI of the business, grew by 67% to 12.1 million, driving adjusted profit before tax up 45% to 8.6 million. EPS was up only 4% to 4.24 pence per share for reasons uh, that will come apparent through the presentation and that I'll, I'll talk about towards the end. But given the strong growth in the underlying business, we have increased the dividend by 11% to one pence per share. So I'd just like to talk now about the strategic developments and particularly the acquisition of Pertech during the first half. Pertech is the leading European provider of on-site hydraulic hose replacement. It operates in eight countries through mostly a franchise network. We acquired the business on 21st of April, acquiring the holding company of Pertech Europe from PNC Capital Finance, which is an American private equity company. The total consideration we paid was 200 million, plus a cash and working capital adjustment of 10.3 million. This was funded by an equity raise of 114 million, of which 97 million came from institutions and franchise brands management, 
and 17.5 million was taken by the vendors, particularly PNC, and indeed Pertex own management, including Alex. We also raised new debt facilities of 100 million pounds. So the strategic rationale for the acquisition of this business was to continue building a market-leading international B2B franchise business in UK, Europe, and North America, as it's our ambition to generate our profits equally in those three markets in the coming years. We believe this gives us both geographical and currency diversification. It also extends the range of sectors we operate in and reduces our reliance on any one sector, and that will also increase the group's resilience. The expansion of the group to scale will also allow us to increase the operational leverage we get from the central services we provide to all businesses in the group, particularly technology, marketing, and finance. And finally, it will allow us to expand our brands into other markets, having established a overhead footprint in those brands, which will make expansion a lot easier and cheaper in those new markets. Over to Peter to talk about the B2B division. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning, everybody. I'd just like to quickly explain what the B2B division is. It, um, it was created in 2022 to provide a more cohesive management structure across the, the four businesses. The four businesses in the division are Metrorod, providing drainage, pump, maintenance and repair. Willow Pumps, which is a direct labour organisation, primarily doing pumps. Metroplum is a younger business, primarily delivered by franchisees. And Filter UK, which is a combination of franchisees and direct labour working in the commercial kitchen environment. As the slide said, continued strong momentum at Metrod and Metroplum. System sales increased 24% on the back of strong performance in 2022, at 35.3 million year to date. Job volumes and average order value are two key elements of the business. And job volumes were up over 15% and average job value by 6%. And this was driven primarily by an increase in pump and tanker sales which attract better prices. And both of these elements grew by 20%. To maintain this, we're continuing to invest in training and upskilling our engineers. Um, we now have 72 pump, en pump engineers compared to 58 of the same period last year. And we've opened our second training center in Macclesfield to accelerate the development of the pump side of the business and train our engineers. I'm very pleased with the franchisees' growth, with 61% of them growing at more than 20%. And this is on the back of their investment in recent years and indeed their continued investment. And in the last month, they've invested in excess of another three quarters of a million pounds to increase the tanker fleet. In terms of Metroplum, Metroplum, the strategy with this business is to build out independent franchisees. We do have combined Metrorod and Metroplum franchises, but as the slide says, we now have 15 independents. Growing at 31% year to date, this is faster than our drainage business. And I think it illustrates the size of the opportunity and the need for a national plumber. A pleasing aspect of the business is that dependence on the low value insurance stabilization work is reducing. And that's had a positive impact on our average order value, which grew 13% year on year. Within Metroplum, we have a specialist division, KeyMac, 
which is a direct labour organisation which performed well during the period, an 11% increase on sales on a like-for-like basis. And as the skill set and the geographical coverage of Metroplum develops, it enables us to much more aggressively market this part of the business, which we will do through H2. Moving on to Willow, a pleasing performance with sales growing by 10%, and that's on the back of some significant management reorganisation. And this has resulted in a much more focused and determined management team. Two of our corporate franchisees sit under the Willow banner, and it's fair to say it performed disappointingly in the first period of the year. Although it's important to stress that they made a greater contribution in terms of the management service fee Metrod received, with sales growing from 1.1 million to 1.2 million. That said, we've decided we're going to sell these businesses. And the reason is really simple. Uh, is sell them to franchisees who can concentrate on doing what they're good at, but equally allowing the management team in Willow to focus on developing our pump business, not just in Willow, but also in the broader business through the Metrod network. In terms of Filter UK, a challenging first half of the year with sales growing by 5%. To address this, we have changed the sales and marketing director and the sales and marketing now for Filter UK will fall under the leadership of the Metrod sales and marketing director. And I think that that will accelerate our opportunities to open new markets and new customers, but equally improve our cross-sell opportunities as well. Within the fat soles and grease part of the business, we're transitioning to a franchise model with now approximately two thirds of the work in that particular area of the business being delivered by franchisees compared to a third when we acquired the business. And we're continuing to review how we can best optimize the service delivery and explore how we can expand and develop the attractive parts of the business. In terms of the numbers, Metrorod, the largest part of the division with over 71% of the adjusted EBITDA. I'm pretty pleased with the system sales increase at 24% year to date, taking us to 37.3 million. The margin was impacted by a couple of non-recurring events. The upside in 2022 of a special project we did with Peel Ports and the negative impact of this year stepping into an abandoned franchise in North Scotland, which was unforeseen. Admin expenses increased significantly for several reasons, mainly salary increases. And we believe that by looking after our staff in the cost of living crisis was really important. And I think it will pay us dividends in the longer term. Equally, we absorb some of the costs from the filter business as we start to share some of the central services. And all of that said, a satisfactory increase in the adjusted EBITDA of 13% was achieved. In terms of Willow, an 11% increase in sales, but a 2% reduction in gross margin. Although on the face of it, that appears to be a negative, there are actually positive aspects. The increase in work that the Willow business passed to the Metrod network is at a lower margin, but makes a co- positive contribution overall in terms of the division. The admin expense increases are entirely by design. We've invested in industry-leading people to develop and uh, expand our range of services, which we're optimistic will show benefits in H2. In terms of filter revenue on a full year comparison, it grew by 56%. But as I said earlier, disappointing would be only 5% on a like-for-like basis. One of our largest business stream was impacted by the failure of our supply chain 
particularly in the supply of grief removal units. We're overcoming that problem and are optimistic this will be resolved in H2 and allow us to push forward. More encouragingly, though, as a result of the streamlining of the business and improved operational gearing, EBITDA grew by 23% on a like-for-like basis, taking us to 569,000. In summary, the B2B division, overall growth at 24%, with admin expenses growing by 19%. And the admin expenses as a percentage of system sales reduced from 104 to 10.2%. And I think the formation of the B2B division has enabled us to build a much more cohesive division, as I said earlier, with greater levels of integration and uh, vastly expanded cross-selling opportunities. That's the summary of the B2B division, and I'd like you to hand you over to Jason, who will take you through Filter International. Good morning, everybody. So Filter International is the North America and EU business within Filter. We provide cooking oil filtration and fryer management services to commercial kitchens through a franchise network of about 160 franchisees operating over 500 vehicles. So you see the title to the slide here, FilterMax Gaining Traction. FilterMax is the next phase of Filter's growth. Um, For the first 10 years of being in the US, we were a single unit operator uh, franchise. So a guy bought himself a man in a van type franchise. We built it from startup to doing $13 million a year. The second 10 years was the multi-van model, where we went from 13 million a year to $92 million last year in revenue. So now we're looking at the third phase. This is filter max. So using the maximum potential model introduced by franchise brands, we identified 55 key metros throughout the US where we can have businesses of scale, basically copying the sort of top five franchise owners we have in the US. Last week, we had the conference in the US, very successful, most franchisees there. It was really exciting, really energetic. We introduced the Filter Max model to the whole network there. And we had on stage, so we introduced it a good hour session. We had on stage four of our top five franchise owners explaining how they had already scaled their businesses. Each of them had a sales director, sales sales department, operations department, accounts department, and they're growing fast. So it demonstrated to the rest of the network how you scale the businesses in these key metros. So in the medium term, FilterMax helps drive system sales to 500 million by scaling the 55 metros to emulate the better franchise owners on our way to reaching the potential market of over a billion that we spoke about last time. Part of that is bulk oil supply. So we do some of that already. National accounts have existing oil supply contracts, but they're very interested in filter gold. So filter gold bulk supply is we buy oil in bulk, 6,000 gallon tankers at a time, and we fill jug with automated machines we have. And we use reusable jugs. So it's environmentally friendly, cuts down on packaging, on cardboard, on plastic for customers, and we replace the jugs at customers. So the national accounts like it because it's environmentally friendly. We have five locations doing this right now. We're looking to expand that to the 55 key metros in the next five years. That's setting up one depot per month. One of the big benefits, we're buying it in bulk. So whilst we're selling at the normal market rates, it doubles our franchisees margins from 18% to 38%, uh, which makes it a meaningful business for them. Secondly, we've introduced Filter Clean at conference. Again, national account driven. We're doing about $2 million this year, and it's expected to grow quickly. One franchise owner who was up on stage was saying how one job last month was $38,000. So our national accounts love a national service for cleaning. We're rolling that out. We have about 15 franchise owners performing that right now. 
In Europe, it's still a subscale business and has to grow before it can really contribute. The Pertec acquisition has helped. We've been able to work closely with the German Pertec management team, utilising their resources and scale there. So the selling of waste oil is an important part of Filsa's business, albeit it's reducing in overall percentage as we diversify in the US. The bars on this chart show the volume in US gallons we collected in the last 18 months. Volume was up 22% year on year, H1 last year versus H1 this year, hitting record volumes again. To put this in perspective, it's equivalent of over 80 of the largest petrol tankers full of waste oil every month being distributed by us. The line there shows the market price, the Jacobson index. You can see from the chart, the price of waste oil rose February last year and remained higher until February this year as it's come down. Comparing the two periods, the pricing has dropped 13%. The six months of 2023 had a gross profit of 1.4 million for us in pounds and 1 million in the four months of last year, despite the record volumes, which grew at 22% year on year. Pleased to say right now the price is going up a little and the Jacobson forecasting service has it moving up during the remainder of the year. On to the financial slide. So here we're comparing four months in 2022 versus the full six months from this year. System sales increased 74% to 41 million and 16% on a like-for-like basis. The two biggest points I'd like to make are waste oil sales again, despite the record volumes, decreased 7% last year, completely down to the price of oil. Secondly, the royalties and NCA revenue, which we consider the core repeat revenue and lifeblood of filter going forward, rose 21% top line and 18% at the GP level. If you extrapolate last year's four months for 2022, this is the key number for us reflecting the growth we had. US overhead was up slightly, mainly due to investment in the sales team, which is currently paying dividends. But admin expenses as percentage of system sales dropped slightly from 3.9% to 3.7%. Franchisees continue to invest in new MFUs and equipment to grow their businesses. Um, in Europe, we increased infrastructure, but haven't seen the growth in revenue there yet, partially due to the supply chain issues we have in Europe, as Peter discussed. As I mentioned, we're reviewing the models and how we can integrate them with Pertech Europe. And overall, the message is that everything is growing well, network revenue and filters core repeat revenue is up. It's really the waste or pricing that muddies the message a little bit in the short term. But as we continue to grow and add further services like filter gold and filter clean, we should see accelerated growth in the coming years, particularly once the impact of filter max starts to be seen. So that's the overview of Filter International. Um, I'd like to hand over to Alex to talk about Pertech. Yes, and thank you. Okay, just uh, first of all, my name is Alex McNutt. What I'd like to do is just give an overview of Pertec. Essentially, we are a hydraulic hose replacement business. That's our core business with many other opportunities, which I'll discuss just in a moment. We believe we are the number one and indeed largest provider of on-site hydraulic hose replacement services throughout Europe. As you can see, we operate with 69 franchise groups we have 217 centres, currently 843 mobile units. Over 200 of these centres are managed by our franchise groups, actually. The others are company-owned, and I'll go through that in some detail. Since the acquisition of franchise brands, so this covers a 10-week period, actually, from 21st of April until end of June, we've opened two further centres one in Antwerp Harbour and one in Trier in Germany. 
Indeed, our revenues are primarily derived from the UK, Germany and Benelux, where we hold leadership positions with national coverage, allowing us to be highly profitable. Sweden and France are corporately owned, essentially subscale startup markets, making marginal contributions, but with great potential for the future. Our business continues to offer multiple growth opportunities across all countries, including countries such as the UK and Ireland, where we are in a number one position. We currently own the perpetual royalty-free master franchise agreement for a further expansion of eight countries in Europe. And it should also be noted that over 60 of the 69 franchise groups are on a royalty model. Thus, when they grow, we grow. And we support this through the use of business plans and growth tools. The remaining nine franchisees that are on the older model are all based in the Netherlands, and there's already a plan in place to progressively change these groups into the royalty model over the next few years. In terms of Pertex value-added services, as you can see from the graphs here, we are an emergency response business. We operate in multiple industrial sectors, waste management, construction, plant hire, industrial, wind generation, automotive, maritime, forestry, and indeed many more industries. Demand for our service is mostly time critical. Generally, a host fails whilst machinery or systems are in operation, making response times more important. We reduce downtimes of our clients to get their equipment up and running. We have a diverse portfolio of thousands of customers across multiple sectors. With our largest customer, less than 1% of our revenues. Essentially, sales consists of three areas, national accounts, regional accounts, and local accounts. And in the majority of countries, our national accounts business is in excess of 35%. Indeed, our largest area, the UK, is currently at 44% of the total business is national accounts based. We currently perform over 500,000 jobs per year. And our growth opportunities, as well as core business, includes THM, total host management. And on the right-hand side, you see some of the services we have went into over the last few years with the change of royalty model. And a lot of these are really just at the beginning of the journey. We do planned maintenance and replacement of hoses in a number of factories, and Bosch Automotive is one in particular. We will replace all hoses on their assembly lines in a factory over a five-year period. Carnival Cruises is another one where we replace all hoses on, within a ship over a five-year period. We work in wind farms. Hydraulic brakes are used in many of the large wind turbines. We replace these, and these are very high-value installations. And some of our centres carry out hydraulic oil filtering, allowing the, the customer to reuse that oil very much like filters, uh, business in terms of filter fry. Unfortunately, we do not have any comparators as indeed we were only acquired. So the figures you see are for the 10 week period from the 21st of April until the end of June. The chart shows the, the base for these 10 weeks since that acquisition. And essentially we operate 
in five regions, five operations in these eight countries, the UK and Ireland, Germany, Austria, Benelux, Sweden and France. The UK is currently our largest business at 46%, some 17.1 million of system sales, producing 49% of our EBITDA at 1.9. And that percentage a number of years ago was in excess of 65%. And we expect that to continue as more business comes from our European markets. Germany and Austria is now up to 36% of our group's turnover, the 13.2 million sales, and producing 31% of our adjusted EBITDA. Over the last 10 weeks, in the first 10 weeks of the acquisition, we've opened up in Trier in Germany, a new centre through one of our franchisees. The Benelux, some 13% of our system sales, 20% of the adjusted EBITDA. Our franchise in Belgium opened up Antwerp Harbour again in the first 10 weeks of this acquisition. In Sweden, our growth will come from rolling out more MSU's mobile service units, and we will continue to expand. We opened up Gothenburg just one year ago, and it's already uh, paying dividends. In France, our presence is mainly in the Ile-de-France area, which is the Paris region, and also in Lyon and Grenoble. So we have six centres in the Paris area and two in Lyon Grenoble. And again, we're still at the very early stages, but, but we expect very good things coming in France over the next few years with potential growth. In April, we opened up, just before the acquisition completed, we opened up Collision in eastern Paris, actually. And over the 10-week period, our adjusted EBITDA contribution has been 3.8 million, which was in line with our expectations and our business plans. And during that period, the last 10 weeks, we've had a number of countries producing record sales and record EBITDA for some of the months. I can also say that our finance teams, marketing and IT departments are working closely with franchise brand central core teams. And we believe we've got more benefits to come looking at best practice across all regions. So from my point of view, I'm still very much excited about the future and the potential growth of Pertech. I'm going to hand over to Stephen now. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, forced me to do the B2C division. And uh, B2C division, in terms of performance against its budget, did very well. In terms of performance against last year, not so well. And the reason for that is the current environment for franchise recruitment. With high employment, high wages, elevated inflation, people becoming more risk averse, the attractiveness of being self-employed and doing that by the safest route possible of franchising, the attractiveness has reduced. So it's making franchise recruitment a bit more challenging. On the positive side, the great retirement after COVID has come to an end and is possibly even reversing now, which meant that the retention of existing franchisees had improved. So in the first half of the year, we recruited 24 new franchisees across the three brands, compared with 30 in the first half of last year, which I say is a performance we're pretty pleased with. We announced in January that we were undertaking a strategic review of B2C and subsequently appointed brokers to sell the business for us. And whilst we have received some offers, none of them 
have been acceptable or met our expectations. And therefore, we've decided to suspend the marketing of this division. When we made the decision to um, sell, it meant that we had to show in our accounts this activity as a discontinued activity. And now we've decided not to actively market it. We now reincorporate those numbers into the uh, group accounts. So overall, profits were down 23%. But actually, in 2022, we made an exceptional profit of £100,000 selling the domain name of my home for £100,000. So excluding that, profits were down 17%. I'd like to look sort of further down the PL really at some of the other items. But I shall start at the top with system sales. So system sales for the overall group, and this is the sales of our franchisees, not our statutory sales, were up 81%, largely driven by the acquisition of Pertec. But nevertheless, all the underlying businesses significantly improved their system sales. And this is a very important number to us because it is the driver of our MSF or royalty income and the margin we make on our direct labor businesses. Moving further down, administrative expenses were up 80%, which looks very high compared with the growth in system sales. But again, this largely resulted from the acquisition of Pertec and the annualization of the filter numbers from four months last year to six months this year. Underlying that, our core overheads increased by 13% or 1.3 million. And the main drivers of this were, as you've heard in the previous presentation, mainly salary costs to recruit and retain the people we need to grow the business, and also professional fees, in particular audit costs. Adjusted EBITDA, which is the key KPI of the business, increased by 67% to a record 12.1 million. Again, the contributions from Pertec and Filters being the main drivers of this, but also an enhanced contribution from Metro Rod, the beta B business, and a small decline in the contribution from B2C. Appreciation and amortization were driven by the acquisitions. The tax charge for the period in quite significantly from 20% to 24%, driven by the increase in the UK rate from 19% to 25%, but also the changing mix in businesses within the group with more overseas uh, corporation tax being paid, which is generally well, generally at higher rate than the 19%, maybe not so much against the um, new increase rate in the UK of 25%. Still further down the PL below adjusted profit before tax, the amortization of acquired intangibles, share-based charges, and the non-recurring costs were all to do with the acquisitions of Pertec and filtering the previous year. Other gains and losses in 22 reflected the buyout of the Willow contingent consideration. Small adjustment for tax on these items resulting in a loss after tax of 1.2 million. But that is all to do with expensing everything to do with the acquisitions in the first half of the year when we only had, for example, 10 weeks of earnings from Pertec. So that will come right by the time we get to the year end. Just a DPS and dividends. As I explained at the top of the presentation, a few more explanations on why the growth in EPS was a modest 4%. The biggest driver of that was obviously the issue of shares for the Pertec acquisition, £140 million worth of shares were issued for that acquisition. 
The tax rate has also had a surprising effect on that, because if you eliminated the 4% rise in the tax rate, uh, EPS would have grown by just under 10%. Um, the reduced profits in B2C have also impacted um, the EPS, uh, as has the impact of the reduced oil price, uh, used oil price uh, for filter. However, we're confident in the prospects for the year and have therefore increased the dividend by 11% to 1 point per share. I've presented here the cash flow and leverage in a slightly different way to how it's presented in the RNS to sort of try to highlight the impact of the acquisition. So the acquisition of Pertech cost 200 million, 6 million of the costs funded by the issue of shares are 114 million and the term loan of 100 million, plus the cash flow generated from operations, which is a whole different variety of factors in that. In all, that resulted in cash generation during the first half of the year of 10 million, which together with the 10.8 million we brought forward meant that we finished the half year with 20.8 million of cash. Now, the impact of that on the total adjusted debt meant that notwithstanding the term loan of 55 million and the RCF net of the loan fee of 44 million, we ended up with adjusted net debt of 79.1 million. Now, this is not total debt because to that you need to add the 7.2 million of um, right of use assets under IR for a 16. But nevertheless, this is the 79.1 million is the number used by the banks in testing our covenants. They test them against the um, last 12 months uh, of EBITDA. And in the last 12 months to 30th of June, EBITDA has been 31.9 million on assuming the inclusion of uh, all the businesses for the whole period. And the forecast we published at the time of the Pertec acquisition looked for LTM to 31st December of 33.5 million. So if you take that 79.1 of debt and use those EBITDA numbers, leverage at the 30th of June was just 2.48 times against the maximum covenant imposed by the bank of 3.5 times. So we're well on course and the de-gearing is going ahead of expectations. If you took those numbers to the end of the year, it's down to 2.36, which was actually uh, 2.3 was the number we forecast for the end of this year. So again, a good performance on de-gearing. And just one other point on that. Again, in the forecast we made at the time of the Pertec acquisition, we said that gearing by the end of 24 would be 1.6 times. And we're well on course for that as well. Just a few words on corporate governance, where we are moving to optimize our management and board structures. Now the group has gained such scale to try to operate to the highest standards of corporate governance. And one of the things we're doing there is we're going to shrink the size of the PLC board to probably just two executive directors and a minimum of three independent non-exec directors. And create then a management board of the CEOs and the other team members who run the central services. Key part of this is the appointment of a new CFO. And I'm pleased to announce that Mark Fryer is joining the group next Tuesday. Very experienced CFO, 25 years experience in both AIM, fully listed and FTSE 250 companies. 
So we're looking forward to Mark joining us and the experience he'll bring. We're aiming to get all these changes completed by the year end and we'll update shareholders in due course. A few comments on corporate development and capital allocation. Following the two acquisitions of Filter and Pertech, our key objective is presently to repay the acquisition debt. And we will balance the debt reduction against our progressive dividend policy and the organic growth. But as I say, the key uh, driver for the foreseeable future is debt reduction. As I just mentioned, the deleveraging uh, profile is ahead of schedule, and we expect it to fall to uh, below 1.6 by the end of next year. Um, and we still uh, expect all the facilities to be repaid if we choose to do that um, within five years. The board has set a target of a debt corridor of one to 1.5 times adjusted EBITDA before we will consider any further acquisitions of scale. So we're running the, the balance sheet in a pretty conservative uh, manner, uh, which I think is important in times of high inflation and high uh, interest rates. So in summary, a very good and successful period in building a group with international reach. We've significantly advanced our ambitions of generating our profits equally in UK, North America and continental Europe with the acquisition of both Filter and Pertec. We think there are still substantial growth opportunities in the B2B division, particularly Metro Rod and Metro Plum, given the very small share of large markets that they have. There is huge potential for Filter in North America, where it has very little competition, a unique service and can provide customers um, with uh, enhanced ESG uh, uh, credentials by allowing them to recycle their, their waste oil. We think there's significant opportunities with Pertec in growing both in existing markets by expanding the range of services it offers, in the early stage markets of France and Sweden maturing. We particularly think the, the French market could be as big if not bigger than the UK, given its border industrial base. And we think there is opportunity, obviously, for the long-term expansion in the eight markets in Europe that they have the rights to uh, develop. That won't come, though, until the uh, less mature markets start contributing to group results and, and probably our gearing coming down a bit further. So we are anticipating full-year uh, performance at least in line with the expectation of 29 uh, million adjusted EBITDA that we published at the time of the uh, Pertec acquisition. So I commend franchise brands to you. Thank you. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.